Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. The Bible tells us that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. We are the ones that have to open up to him. He will not force his way in. He is gentle as we remind ourselves that the fruits of the Spirit of which gentleness is one of them, or his characteristics. That door that is separating us from him is different depending on our situation, but it is a door of separation nonetheless. For the churches in the book of Revelation, it was false doctrine, disagreement with the teachings of Jesus as our sole source of total salvation and freedom from sin and the penalty for it. For some, it may be a desire for vainglory or even a victim mentality, because the door is whatever causes you to let the wrong spirits in while shutting Jesus' spirit out. When Jesus comes in, he cleans house. But when he is shut out, The house is empty, leaving it to be fair game for the enemy. Jesus himself explains this visually to us in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, when he says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house, from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh with him seven other more spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. For many, however, if not most, I think that the shut door to Jesus swings on two main hinges. And those are disagreement with the words of Scripture, and unforgiveness. Today we're going to look a little more closely at the latter because God will have patience with the first to a degree while he teaches us to see the truth, but for the latter, he leaves no room for excuse. His word is clear. If we do not forgive others, he will not forgive us and will not come in and sup with us. Jesus will not live in a heart that is filled with hate and offense toward anyone. No exceptions. It does not matter what they did, we are required to forgive. Children, honor your parents. Parents, show kindness toward your children. Wives, honor your own husbands. Husbands, Love your wives. Believer, obey the words of Jesus Christ and live peaceably, showing compassion and patience, brokenness and forgiveness towards all men. Reflect the love of Christ, who was willing to sacrifice even for those who abused him. Of course, only his grace can help you to do this. So pray and ask him for it. Lord, today we acknowledge that we need you to come into our hearts and cleanse us. 
We choose forgiveness so that we can be forgiven. Please help us with this. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and empower us to show the world your characteristics. Let them see you in us and nothing else. Shine your light on anything that needs to be pruned and do what you need to. If you have to, cut us to the ground and start anew. Cut us to the ground and start anew if that's what it takes to make us like you. The humble shoot that sprung up out of the root of Jesse. We trust you. We love you. We need you. We open the door of our heart to you. Come in and sup with us. We choose to forgive. And we thank you today that we are forgiven too. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. And how do we not grieve him? The passage continues saying that it is by letting all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking to be put away from us and all malice and that we are to be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. And in Colossians chapter three, verse 12, we are given very clear instructions We understand that God showed such great mercy to us through what Jesus Christ did for us, but we are required to show that mercy right back to those around us. Do you understand the depths of what Jesus endured for us? My friend, you've got to be willing to endure the same contradiction of sinners against yourself, even if the hurt comes from those you least expect, those who are in the body who should know better, my friend, sometimes... We all make mistakes. Sometimes we're all deceived by the enemy. That snake that God himself said from the beginning was the wisest of all creatures ever created. He is a master deceiver and manipulator. His bites hurt. They pump in poison and venom and all manner of bitterness. Oh, Father, forgive us for the times that we've received his lies and become compromised by the accuser of the brethren. And even when we are not deceived by the enemy, help us to have mercy and forgive those who have, even when they have come against us for simple obedience to the voice of Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 tells us this, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, 
teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children unto anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service only as man-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not as unto men, knowing that of the Lord himself you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And with God there is no respecter of persons. In the end, God will be the one who judges men. Let us in our time of waiting and teaching and pressing and testing and learning and growing continually forgive them for the mistakes that they make. Whether they be rooted in malice and intention are in confusion and deception. Let us choose today to love them with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as we love even Christ our King, who did the same thing, who gave his life a ransom for many, who was willing to be despised and rejected and still forgive them and intercede for them, to pray for them, to petition the very courts of heaven and say, God, have mercy on them. They had a purpose in your kingdom, and as long as there is breath still in them, there is still opportunity for them to be forgiven. But we will not pray, we will not petition, we will not fight for them until we first forgive them. The truth is this, that we have hurt someone who has forgiven us, Christ himself, not the least among them. Let us remember from whence we have came, lest we become prideful and arrogant and hard-hearted unto our own shame on the day of judgment. Father, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. While it does not cost us anything to receive salvation, for it is a free gift, it does cost you to keep it. God calls us to come as we are, but not to stay as we were. And one of the costs that we are required to give up is the notion that we have the right to be mad, hurt, or offended by anyone for any length of time. We have been given forgiveness, therefore we are required to do the same. Holding on to unforgiveness is one of the most dangerous things that a Christian can do. If left unchecked, it is a bitterness that sickens your heart and even spreads to others around you. Since the things that are in your heart always find their way to your lips and then to the ears of others to be planted in their hearts also. Unforgiveness is so dangerous to the Christian that God actually sets the priority of forgiving others greater than giving your offerings to God, which under the new covenant or your praise, worship, and prayer. In other words, don't even lift your voice to the Lord until you first forgiven 
your brother because he won't hear those things anyway. They're tainted. They're a mixed well, as explained in the book of James. Why would God hold this issue of such dire importance that he would give correcting it more priority than even honoring him? Because if left undealt with, it will cost you your very salvation. And those songs, prayers, and offerings will amount to nothing. Jesus himself gives us a parable in Matthew chapter 18 that explains the process very clearly where he says that if a man is forgiven of God and his debt paid, yet he chooses then to not forgive his brothers the same way, then God will revoke his mercy and require the penalty of him all over again. My friend, you can lose your salvation according to Jesus over unforgiveness. So now that we see the very real danger of allowing unforgiveness to reside in our hearts, how do we get rid of it, or better yet, keep it from setting in in the first place? The first thing you always have to do is ask God to forgive you and to remove the root of bitterness from your heart if there be any there. Ask him to help you to see people the way that he does. When you feel God's heart towards others, it becomes very easy to forgive and love people the way that God loves. And finally, pray for those that have wronged you as Jesus instructs us because praying for them will cause you to feel God's heart for them and it will cause the bitterness in you toward them to be replaced with brokenness, mercy, and compassion. You see, the initial offense was a heart wound. Therefore, praying for them and allowing God to heal that wound will effectively stop the spread of the spiritual infection from that wound, that infection being the bitterness, and in turn applies the balm of Gilead to it. It mends your heart toward them as you begin to intercede and separate them from the sin that they have committed. As you pray for them, it will begin to give you a heart of brokenness for their state of bondage and deception. And finally, a heart of joy for the hope of their freedom from it. You see, forgiveness frees you then sets you in a position to then free those who were once your captives, just like the jailer to Paul and Silas. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.